Welcome to the good, the bad, and the sequel with your hosts, Doug and Jamie. Oh, Kirsty. So eager to play. So reluctant to admit it. Welcome back. This is the movie podcast. We're talking sequels and we do it in two parts. The first, an interview with an actor or someone involved that made the film worth watching. And the second, a discussion of the sequel, what they got right, what they got wrong and how it could have been better. Really hope you enjoyed last week's interview with Nicholas Vince, who plays the Chatterer Cenobite in Hellraiser 1 and this week's sequel, Hellraiser 2. He was great. We talked about everything from how he met Clive Barker to his love for Netflix Christmas Lifetime movies. It, it went all over the place, but he was a great dude. Uh, but before we get into Hellraiser 2, and I know Jamie texted me during, he was not having a, a good time watching it. Uh, well, I have to introduce you to my partner in the sequel watching journey, Jamie Riccardi. Jamie, how you doing, man? Well, you know, Doug, this is the first time I've seen Hellraiser at all. I've never seen any of the movies. Um, so I watched, you know, Hellbound for the first, you know, the first time watching it. And honestly, I don't know what the hell I just watched. <laughs> I really don't. It's an extremely trippy movie. It kind of reminded me of Terror Tunes in a way. Just like, I, I agree with that. Terror Tunes. Yeah. It's I've a, never it's heard a, of that. You know, you might be better off not hearing about it. It's a, it's a be- I'm definitely going to Google it after this. <laughs> oh, you have to. Yeah, we interviewed the director and creator, and uh, it's one of those things you'll never see anything like it. It was like one of those movies that came out in, I think, 2002 or mm-hmm. 2000, and it was like in uh, blockbusters all around the country, like one copy, and it was getting so popular. It was to the point that there was 10 copies because it was like one of those like it's like a cult movie, like like a cult movie kind of thing. Oh, yeah. it, I mean, it's, che- it, it's cheesy, but it's all over better. the place. Yeah, yeah, those are the best. So you can <laughs> if you're watching this, you see our special guest this week. If you're listening, you might just hear her voice, but it is adult film star Brittany Amber. We interviewed her way back in May, and she was just so cool and supportive, like retweeting the interviews that we do and the one thing that was really cool, she just recreated our podcast and posted on Instagram, which just means the world. And uh, she has a movie that is it's out on DVD right now. But is it out for on demand? You and Eric Roberts in the arrangement? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. That just barely dropped. And I actually put an Instagram post that has a huge list of all the platforms that's available Sweet. for VOD. So, yes, yes, I know. Go, go watch that now. Yes, it's an indie thriller. So I interviewed right Eric and I talked about you. I interviewed Eric yeah. Roberts and his wife. I'm sorry. I interviewed Eric Roberts and his wife a few months ago. Oh. And I was like, oh, I interviewed Brittany. And he's like, oh, she was great. Oh, he remembers me. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was an awesome shoot. I'm so happy it's finally out because it was supposed to be out in the middle of the summertime. And I've been just waiting, waiting, waiting on bated breath. When is it? And now it's finally out. Ah! So happy. <laughs> That's amazing. And it's so cool. The way this came to be that she's here for our Hellraiser 2 review is. I was doing research and I thought it was Nightmare on Elm Street that somebody had on some bio that was her favorite movies, horror movies. And she was like, no, Hellraiser. And then I was like, the brain went off. And I was mm-hmm. like, Jamie, let's get somebody from Hellraiser and just ask yeah. her. And she was so cool. She was like, yes. And if you're watching on video, I have to just, well, if you're just listening, she has a Hellraiser doll, Hellraiser shirt and the box from the movie. Oh, with with autographs. With autographs. All the autographs. Yeah, scurry around me in you know a few minutes. Cause I actually 
didn't our the last time we had in an uh, interview together it was uh, audio only so that's what i yes. thought that's why i'm not wearing any makeup just for anybody who oh don't worry you look a lot better than we do so actually just happened to be wearing my pinhead shirt today and it's actually really cool in the back see look at kind of like yeah it kind of looks like something that kind of like a sadomasochistic but yeah also i don't know if you guys can see here you see kind of there on my wall and then also here there's the other two over there on that wall yeah like the blueprints to the limit configuration and it shows how to use it how to open it all kinds of really cool stuff but i found out that it's like on parchment paper too it looks so cool it looks like like something you'd find like an ancient scroll or something, but I have them framed on my wall. They're really cool. And I have a bunch of other dolls here in the corner by my uh, bedroom door here, all kinds of stuff. And even speaking of the chatterer, I have a chatterer Funko over here. And also this box here, somebody had sent this to me for my birthday years ago. Kind of dusty, but... Um, Don't open it up. <laughs> all four of the main ones. And also see chatterers here too. He even drew his little chatter face nice. there. Nicholas, if you're watching. You know what, Doug? I'm going to leave. You have your expert. You don't, you don't need me anymore. That's No, <laughs> no. You don't get off that easy. So, uh, yeah. so let's just dive right in. So this mm-hmm. movie, uh, it just picks off. Uh, what, what, okay. Yeah. So let me, let me, before we even start. So, okay. you know, the first thing I asked Doug, I said, Doug, is this a gross movie? You know, because I don't, I'm not into gross yeah. movies. And he's like, nah, it's not that bad. The second the movie comes on, the guy's face is being pulled apart by by hooks. Like, I mean, like they didn't even waste a second. It, I think it was literally as soon as the movie comes on, that's the first thing you see. Yes, yes, because it's kind of like a recap of the last movie of the first one. It's kind of like that's kind of to recap you to kind of, you know, jog your memory how everything kind of ended. And then it's Kirsty waking up in a mental hospital, kind of like, you know, kind of coming to you from... And the guy that gets his face ripped off, that Mm -hmm. is uh, Andrew Robinson from Child's Play 3, The Barber. Oh, so her dad plays that same guy? Oh. Yeah. Wait, that that was her dad? Yeah. Yeah. But see, what happens, though, in part one is they end up taking his skin off his body and putting it on Frank. So it's actually Frank with his skin on. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. It seems to be a lot, like a big thing that the skin coming off, and you know, like, I mean, like, I I honestly have never seen a movie like this, and you know, and I said that a few times with some movies we've reviewed. This is definitely a first for me. I've never seen a movie like this, <laughs> and that it is great. It is original. It has that for sure. <laughs> and yeah. and then like she mentioned, Chris, uh, Christy, you see her for the first time, Ashley Lawrence, who is absolutely gorgeous and she's super young in all these movies she was just on joe uh bob's last drive-in on shutter she looks exactly the same she's like 22 when this movie came out she was 20 in the first one and she's so great in these movies she's in the first i think she's in the first four right definitely the first three no, um, no, no, no. She's not in part three either. Oh, she's she is. Oh, okay. But she's also in a later one. Uh, one of those uh, straight to DVD ones. Um, uh, okay. But she's only in it for a minute though, because uh. it's like her boyfriend or something tries to give her the box and tries to trick her or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like one of those terrible later on ones. Um, um, it's not better. Is it? Is it Inferno? I think it might be Inferno. 
It's the one where, um, yeah, she's the girlfriend that he tries to give the box to. Trying to, oh, trying to she's him. barely in it. I saw one of another one on her IMDb. I didn't know. I never saw it. Remember, she's like in a car accident at the beginning. <laughs> he like runs her off the road. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have so much knowledge of the earlier ones. I just uh, my favorite my favorite ones are part one. I kind of like part two, not as much as part one. And my very favorite overall favorite is part four bloodline which is most people's least favorite <laughs> but, oh wow okay we gotta check that one out. So nostalgic to me and the reason why i really like that one is because it goes into the whole history of the box how it was created and how it became what it was and- oh, okay that's what i wish they had in this one more because uh-huh. like the first thing that we see right after we see ashley uh ashley lawrence but Kirsty, we see her in the bed and then we see her like having like a dream and it's Doug Bradley, I know what he looks like, but if I didn't know what he looked like, I'm like, who's this guy just sitting there in this long, like, corridor? And that's like with this movie, the budget for this movie is six million dollars, and like, legit, it is for all the special effects because all those practical effects cost so much money, take like months and years. I'll say back then it was probably like amazing, you know, like, and that's why, you know, I I kind of not that I want to see it because I'm not into these movies, but if I, I would like to see it when it first came out, because I think seeing it now for the first time and seeing the special effects, I can laugh at it. Cause it's like, it is ridiculous. Like it looks so stupid, but for the time it probably was like amazing. Oh yeah. I will tell you though. Cause like, even before we start, I think we were before we were talking before we started recording, we were talking about when I used to watch these movies when I was like three, four with my cousin and we were laughing at it. But like, <laughs> like I said, that's what we were pretty much laughing at the effects. Cause at the beginning of part one, when they have those poles that are twisting, they have the hooks with the skin hanging off, and they zoom in close. You can tell it's chicken skin. I remember that was that was like one of my earliest memories of me and my cousin. We were like, ah, chicken skin, chicken skin. I don't know why we thought it was so entertaining and hilarious, but and years you know, later, you're sitting with a Hellraiser doll. Huh? I said years later, you're sitting with a pinhead doll. Yeah, it's all <laughs> it's so it's so nostalgic to me. It's like one of the most nostalgic things to me. This and Pokemon, like I say. Oh wow! I, I, I'm so excited because right after this podcast, I am going to open my Elite Trainer box. The Vivi Voltage just came out today. I just picked it up at GameStop. I'm so excited! That's amazing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That's amazing. So, so, so okay, let me ask you. So she wakes up at a. Mental Institute, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Why she didn't know how she got there or why she's there or anything? Like was she passed out in the la- end of the first movie? Was she? Oh well, I don't know. I think that he might have drugged her and she kind of came out of the like drug-induced stupor, you know what I mean? I guess yeah. kind of okay. you know, she was I think it's like one of those mental hospitals where they drug you and they kind of try to keep you sedated and stuff. And the thing with her boyfriend, because her boyfriend was at the mental hospital because the first thing that that cop says is mm-hmm. yeah he's okay he's already home now and it's like they obviously we find out later how like disgusting and creepy and wait you're talking about the cop with the great bedside manner you mean that guy the guy that looked like meat he looked like meatloaf <laughs> he did look like <laughs> how about the cops why is it always in these movies that we cover Brittany? The bumbling cops, like Halloween five, the cops are like terrible. Uh, Jason goes to hell. The cops are horrible. <laughs> like, but the cops in this movie, when they're in the house, what mm-hmm. is that? How are they cops? 
I know, but you know what? Like to to digress for a minute, I watch a lot of true crime and a lot of missing cases, a lot of murder cases and stuff. Cops are always bad across the board, even in real life. <laughs> so I think they're just they're just playing off of real life. To be that, honest, that is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just watched an unsolved mysteries last night. Somehow the the FBI warrant, the guy was like on the top ten most wanted list. It just got deleted somehow by accident and nobody knew where it was for like oh my that's what i'm talking about if you watch more and more true crime stuff it'll piss you off so much and it's like you know what you just hope to god that somebody that you love never gets kidnapped or murdered or anything because they don't they just it's just like a job like any other job to them just they just want to wrap it up they want to go home they want to go well it's probably a suicide so you know let's just wrap it up i want to go home i want to eat dinner i want to be with my family i don't want to give it you know any extra thought to this and that's what it is like 90 percent of the time it's fucked up. And that's what these cops are in this movie. Cause the one cop shoots up a skeleton and then the other cop like looks at the mattress. Well, it's just this mattress is like, this, this is a major crime scene and they're sending <laughs> like, and, and, and they're sending like these, first of all, I thought it was only one cop at a time, but like, there's like, the, you don't go there with any kind of backup. Like it was really like, I mean, you know, and he looks scared. Like, yeah. He was the wrong cop for the job. Like who, who, who was the sergeant that said, you know what? We have a massive crime scene here. Let's, let's send, let's send Larry. <laughs> His first day on the job. It was a meter made last week, but we need help. Everybody's on vacation. And then what this movie does. And I think it's to kind of like play with your mind a little bit and freak you out. There's so many like hard cuts and quick scenes, like scenes that are like three seconds. So you see people running in a hallway and do, doing something. Cause from here we go to like an open brain surgery with the person still alive. Well, I, I wrote the same thing, but they're doing a lobotomy. I'm assuming. Yeah. Right? That's, but is that what they used? Like, like a contraption like that? I mean, I and they're wide awake. Uh, well, they normally do lobotomies when they're wide awake. I think. Uh, really? That's the normal practice. Yeah. You- I don't think you can feel it. I guess once you get to past the skull or something, it's really weird. I don't know. I don't know. I, it, based on how it looks, it looks like you can feel that a lot. <laughs> I mean, no, that was, I know. But that was crazy. Lobotomies while you're wide awake. I wow. Think, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm not 100% on that, but I'm pretty well, sure. We'll just, if, if, if there's any doctors or brain surgeons listening, <laughs> yeah. let us know. <laughs> but then the next scene so we cut back to Kirsty and she's talking to the cop i think his name's like ronson or something and then dr chenard and dude that guy it's like was it blind luck that he happened to find her obviously it's in that same it's close by everything that happened it has to be in the same town that when she's telling about the cenobites and he's like listening and he's like she's kind of crazy and then it just happens. This is something he's been looking for forever. Well, it, it's it. I'm assuming that's the only mental institution around in that town, <laughs> right? Because this guy. So. Okay, so this guy has been doing this for a long time. And when, when you go to his house later on, obviously he had a whole. He had as many things as you have over there, you know, uh, <laughs> of, of items. You know, he had cubes and all. You know, which which I don't even know they had multiple cubes, but he has all that stuff. So I mean, I guess you know it just. I guess the only thing he was missing was the mattress. He had everything else but the uh, mattress. So, but I want to know how long was the other guy a doctor for? Because he seemed like a, he seemed like a bumbling idiot too. Oh, dude, that's the guy from. Uh, he plays the lieutenant in Aliens. I know he's the I know. one that with the grenade and. Yep, uh, yep. Yeah. No, but that whole that whole scene. 
the, the thing that made no sense, she's like, destroy this mattress. And then somehow he convinces the cops, right? Well, he what he does is he, he takes like three steps forward and then like talks aloud to the cop like it's private when there's everybody else in the room. Yeah. Yes. And he convinced the cop. <laughs> just bring it to my place. Just put it in the back door. It's like, why would they why would they comply with that? <laughs> it's a crime scene. Shouldn't that go into like forensics or tagged or something for some like yeah. evidence like court case that no, was that happen. was that bed in the first movie too yeah so so the bed is a portal <laughs> to hell is that what it is no well they can bring the body back with that the body can or the mattress contained julia at that point right because yeah. you keep feeding the mattress bodies and then it brings back except the part one though it was frank that was in the mattress but now it's Julia in there. And so they keep feeding that mattress bodies and it brings her back. Is, is that like a regular mattress or is it just like, is it like a, a special mattress? Like what's it's like, like, it's a Sealy Posturepedic. Oh, you know, wasn't it at first, wasn't it mattress in part one or no, it's, it was like a floorboards. That it was, was just like the floor. Yeah. And the first one, yeah, the first uh, one is Andrew, the floorboards that was a second. Yeah. I think it's just maybe whatever is around, like it's the power or something. I don't know. Well, see, so no, so this movie takes place right after. Like they, they obviously made it. I mean, the movie might have been two years later, but they made like the scene right after the first oh, movie. Yeah. So why wouldn't they use the same thing? That's you know, instead, if there was no mattress in the first movie, why are they throwing in a second one? Like people wouldn't notice. But no, there is a mattress that he oh, yeah, slept because, on. Yeah, but... Julia was killed on the mattress. That's oh, okay. why. Okay. And so, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the I don't know how uh, Frank, oh, you know what? No, I, I do know because Frank was killed, I think, in the house by the Cenobites because he was killed. And so, part one, the whole opening scene is Frank's doing this like seance, he gets his hands on the box. And see, back, you know, we were talking about this before you guys started recording, but part one is based on this book called The Hellbound Heart, and they get way more into it in chapter one, which is another thing I really like about the book versus the movie because they don't really talk about this whole seance he's doing. But in the book, though, they're talking about how you get the box and it can open this portal that could either, for some, could be demons, for others, it could be angels, or for some, it could be ah. angels demons and he talks about how like these like sadomasochistic angel demon things are supposed to be there like drain his cock and it's supposed to be some kind of weird sexual thing he's like a very insatiably sexual person or some kind of weird shit so he's thinking that that's what's going to come from the box but it's not obviously and uh <laughs> so anyways he's killed you know in the room by the cenobites and there, I get in the floorboards. That's when you know, like his, I guess, soul energy, whatever, like still like sitting, waiting in this floorboard. So when they start, when Julia, she has an affair with Frank, and so when they move into this house, she starts feeding the floorboards all of these bodies, and it's giving him more and more power. Yeah, and crazy. he first starts out like a skeleton with like flesh and or just or not flesh, but um, muscle, and then he starts like getting a skin. They have to go find him a skin and everything. You know, that's how they get Larry's skin. <laughs> yeah it's pretty wild but it's funny that you mentioned that now that that makes a lot of sense because when dr trinard when he talks about i'm skipping ahead a little bit but when he mentions about julia is like do you want this and he's like i've wanted this so bad so so again they didn't mention the angel part because i wouldn't think he would want what happens to happen mm -hmm. but now that makes more sense that there's angel. Yeah. it's like a 50 50 you know 
coin toss. I guess. But yeah, it was also supposed to be more like these, like these, like sexual demon. There's like not demon, but like these sexual creatures that are supposed to like drain your like sex. Like they're supposed to be like these insatiable sexual like angels or some weird stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like explained it so much more in the book. They don't even yeah. talk about it at all in the movie. But um which is really weird, but it's a very weird sexual thing. Well, there's definitely a sexual scene that I have a question about later on. So, you know, when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> so then we, we real quick meet Tiffany, who just perfect to put in there. She's great at puzzles. So she's sitting there like doing just like a regular, like right at this point, jigsaw puzzle. Yes. No, well, yeah. I, not, yeah, no, no, it's just like a, like a wooden puzzle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a weird kind of puzzle. Like it almost looked like she was making a box. Like, you know, yeah. like the cube. So She's, she can solve any puzzle. She's like a master of puzzles and her, her mother sent her there because she was worried for her. That's all she did was just puzzles, puzzles, puzzles. And well, that's part of the reason why they wanted her because she could solve the puzzle. Oh. You, you, mean, you mean the puzzle where you just touch like a, like a, the center of the circle and it opens up? <laughs> no, it's not only that because there's this whole thing. Remember, she turned it into this like diamond thing. Yeah, yeah. And that was like what opened the gateway to Le Leviathan into... Um, the labyrinth and everything like that. That's what they wanted. Yeah, but it, it didn't look like she like she did much to open it. It was really like it looked like she no, pushed one thing and it started moving. Like I would think like just it'd be so like, like, like a Rubik's cube. Like that, you turn like this in the middle. Oh no, yeah, this that's it. You, you turn yeah. and then you press in the middle and then it goes. Doo, yeah, doo. that's it. Very simple. Like they should have given her a Rubik's cube and say like, all right, you solve two <laughs> colors, then you know, then you can get them. <laughs> but see here's the thing though is like I, I know like all, um in all the movies you know it is very easy for them just to open it and then pinhead comes but they don't open the labyrinth where leviathan is and i think that's what the difference oh is. so so the, the cube has multiple options well they were mo opening that dimension that took them to the labyrinth remember that weird yeah. crazy maze thing yeah, yeah, with yeah. the diamond in the middle and it was like spinning with the black yeah. smoke coming out yeah so leviathan is the um the god of the Cenobites. He rules the Cenobites and creates the Cenobites. <laughs> wow. We have our expert. <laughs> we do have the perfect person yeah. for this. But then so then when we see Chinard after that and he goes into the basement, holy shit. The people in the basement. Do you think that's how they had like, you know, like the, the, the worst of the worst like mental patients? They put him in a boiler room like with like that was the creepy, like that was creepy. Dude, the one guy when when he talks to him, the one guy and he replies, 105 years, and he still doesn't know my name. And I'm like, he can't be that old. <laughs> and I'm just like, just what they're doing to these people. And he's again, this is all part of this plan that if he finds like the cube and is if he's able to do it. So this guy's putting a lot of eggs into this box. Wait, you, you, you think he's keeping them down there part of the plan? Oh, it is. You can see later in the movie, you see him use those people as like, nobody knows those people are probably still alive, like family wise, because he uses them to open up everything and to test on them. Uh -huh. so, so, okay. So when they all have the extra cube later on, there's more than one cube. I thought there was one cube. Uh -huh. There's even a mini cube. We see one guy later in the movie with a mini cube and hooks in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I have no yeah, idea. I thought it was crazy too. They just added in all these other cubes. Like you can just get them all over the place and there's not just one. <laughs> they in that room, they go down there and there's all these like mental patients and they're just like, oh! <laughs> it's just trying to, I don't know what the point of that was. So yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
so then so then Kyle, who's the other doctor, he overhears like what we mentioned before, Chenard asked for the mattress, and like he right away is like, you know what? I believe this girl. I wonder, like you mentioned before, Jamie, like how long has he been a doctor, but how long has he worked there? That, well, that, 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 that's that's what I meant. Like, yeah, because, oh, yeah. but I mean, that, that place also, you're talking about a mental in, mental institution and there's no locks on the doors. There's like, she was able to walk around. Now she, they, they, they think she's crazy, you know, or they're yeah. pretending like, so she was able to get up out of bed, walk around, visit other patients and look at the girl doing puzzles. So like the place is kind of shady to begin with. No, well, it's totally. not for the criminally insane. So I think maybe if it's for just regular mental patients, they're allowed to wander, right? Uh, uh, Doug, have you ever been to a mental institution? Well, I don't like to talk <laughs> I mean, about. I just it. imagine though the criminally insane <laughs> locked down, but otherwise, you know, why would I don't know? They're not dangerous. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to take that chance. I mean, if they're there, they're, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know. But again, you know, maybe maybe that's what the whole point was to get her to see the girl, the puzzle, because she was kind of part of the plan. Yeah, no, that was the, that was the big part. And then when she's in the room and she sees what she thinks is her dad. Right. I think you write like uh, I'm in hell. Help me. Mm-hmm. And that sets her off. Was she dreaming that? No, well, I'm sure a little bit of. Because the doctor didn't oh, see no, the, the, the. It was real. Remember, she touched the blood oh, on yeah. the wall. Oh, you know, okay. It was real, but I think it was like uh, it was um, uh, some kind of um, uh, which what's the word I'm looking for? Something that was created anyway by Frank to try to to lure her down. Remember in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then it so I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because this is like a second time in this movie where someone has to touch the blood and then lick it. To, like I know, the I po- it was weird too. She like yeah. she didn't yeah. she like rub on her face. Yeah. Something. So what's the I point know. of that? I, I I guess you want to okay maybe touch it to see if it's fresh. But why taste yeah. it? I know she was like I don't know <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she knows. Maybe she knows her dad's like be positive, and she was maybe she knows. I don't know. So so you think if you could tell what kind of blood type you are by licking it? I would say some have more zinc, some have vitamin C. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But no, and then the next, so this is what's crazy. So this is when she tells them about the, she's telling them again about like what she just saw and the cop and Chenard. And then Chenard's like, yeah, she's crazy. And you know, like you see him, like his eyes like light up. Then the next scene, this is where Kyle, dude, this movie just, again, I know Jamie with the recap in the beginning, it's a little crazy, but the next scene is so wild. When Kyle goes in the office and he sees all the stuff on the walls, basically everything that Kirstie was talking about. And then the bloody mattress on the floor with the chains. That is just like, well, that alone, that, that seeing the, the, you know, like obviously he had some kind of shrine or, you know, whatever, you know, research that he's doing on everything else for years, but to see the actual mattress there, you know, he's, he's like a Dr. Frankenstein, this guy, you know, I, I mean, in oh, more yeah. ways, you know um, yeah, that was weird. I mean, that was, that was pretty wild. <laughs> and then the fact that, yeah. No, I was going to say, when he's looking at all the papers and they're doing zoom-ins, we see Doug Bradley. Well, w- w- well I guess we can kind of guess it because we know what he looks like. But then we see that from like the opening scene. But then there's one paper that's titled, like, Is Death the Fourth Dimension? Question mark. So that goes into what Brittany said. That's actually in the book, like the angels. So maybe that's why he's like, hey, I want this to get to that. But I don't know if I could go through what he has to do. That's a lot of years. Like planning this? There's a lot involved to be able to have sexual demons like 
take care well, of you. Yeah, but maybe he's lonely. <laughs> he might be lonely. Maybe. You know, I mean, he, I didn't see any, you know, women around him. But I mean, if you're if you're Kyle and you see that bloody mattress there and everything else, how quickly would you turn around and get out of there? Oh, dude, I jumped through <laughs> the glass. I mean, he definitely <laughs> took his time, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then this guy. So so the guy that he brings in, like the crazy guy, like it's weird because in the one shot, we see like his POV sort of in a way and he sees the maggots on his arm, but then the other shots, you don't see it. So it's like what they're doing to this guy is making him think he has maggots. But when he hands him that blade, Oh, that is like, uh, (laughs) even though, you know, it's fake, obviously it's a movie, but it looks so real the way watching this guy do this. And then when you see Julie, Oh, that is just like, why? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well you know i i didn't realize again because i don't know anything about the movies when i saw julie come out i i was thinking of the guy at first just a demon guy yeah. i didn't until i saw the muscle you see boobs you know that yeah, are, yeah. and then i'm like all right it's a female like i had no I, again i had no idea what was going on in this moment so uh you know but i did think it was a guy coming out of there first yeah it looked just like frank in part one that's how he looked coming out of the floorboards when you try to when you're trying to bring them back to life, feed yeah. them the bodies. But the thing that confuses me though, is in part one, like I said, when they got him to where he was like muscle and bone and all that, they went and got Larry's skin to put on him. But somehow Julia in part two, she got her own skin like grown back on her body. Oh yeah. Well, um, well <laughs> it, and then I, 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 maybe I was confused, but it looked like they went like, like, clothing shopping with all the like bodies hanging on the ceiling yeah. like i thought like she was trying on different skin like was that what yeah. she was doing i think so uh, sort of oh i know but yeah she still got her own face and everything back because like how do they do that though Perfect they, match. they had all the wraps on her all the bandages like they were yeah. growing her skin back or something but they couldn't do that for frank i don't know that was weird. well uh, first of all i would think if, if your body's that bloody with just just muscle and everything else no skin and you put bandages on there that's gonna stick to it that's gonna be hard to peel off yeah. Oh. And it'd be red pretty quick. It would definitely soak it up pretty quick. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But when you see her come out like that first time, again, the special effects in this movie, some are dated, like obviously like stop motion animation, even like great movies, like, you know, like Beetlejuice, the ones that use that, you could tell that it's stop motion, but it's still, some of it looks still really good, but that suit that looked like, you know, when you're watching those videos in like health class in your middle school, that looked like an actual, like muscly body. Yeah, I would hate yeah. to have wear all that makeup yeah, that like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and here's the fun. And then you see her spine showing, which I thought was pretty cool. But mm-hmm. here's the funniest part, I think, for, for me personally, that I actually like laughed. So she's all red. She's like bleeding, and he takes her back to his house. That's all white. Uh, I wrote the same thing yeah. down, like the cleanest, whitest house possible. What white rugs, <laughs> white walls, and he gives her a white suit. Yeah, <laughs> that was the best. And then it was just blood right through, bloody handprint on the wall. It's like, oh yeah, but you know what though? I would think there'd be a lot more blood. Like it was only one handprint. Like you'd like a rug. I mean, I I go outside for two seconds. I walk in, I have dirt on the rug. You know, within. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, there definitely should be, like, footprints of blood all around, you know? (laughs) 
it was a rental that they shot for like a couple of days. <laughs> they couldn't like Stanley Steamer said they couldn't get like too much fake blood out of the carpet. But now the whole thing, I'm just like, oh my god, dude. Well, you know, you know what? It was funny. The one thing that we skipped when she first came out of the bed, and he's, he, I guess she's looking at the doctor. She says a line to him. Says, "Don't be scared of me." Now, if you've never seen something like this, how can you not be shitting your pants? I mean, seriously, you know, that's that's like the line that makes you be scared. Like, I don't think that's the line that makes you feel more comfortable, especially when somebody's looking at that. And then you talked about it, Jamie, with the gauze, and then they start making out. Now, this there's a lot of gross scenes in this movie. I mean, bloody gross scenes. I think that was the grossest scene. <laughs> oh my god! Like why? Like what? Why? What was he think? Again, I know he's lonely, but I mean, if he if he knows they're planning to get skinned, wouldn't he wait? Yeah, shouldn't he know that from some of the readings? Or there's something that he has research on that he knows how to get well obviously he had a whole room filled with bodies that she's gonna try on so like why like he couldn't control himself he couldn't wait i don't know because we see later what can happen from kissing multiple times so wouldn't he know like hey man i need to not i need to hold back maybe a peck on the cheek something like that well again this guy you know maybe hasn't had it in a long time so you know (laughs) he couldn't control himself (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then and then right away the next scene again a hard cut kirsty showering and kyle's walks in and he just looks at her she's like startled and he's like it's all true so like right away like wh- what would be your next thing i'd be like get the hell out of her i know obviously kirsty knows like what's going to be next but well, why is he not- watching a shower <laughs> okay that's first of all he was watching a shower well, she's hot. So, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he had one of the funniest lines, though, right here when he, when he says, he, I believe her. And like she was in a go and he says to her, he goes, I can get you clothes. I can do that. I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 does that, what does that do with being a doctor? <laughs> There's a whole class in your third semester. It's all about getting clothes for patients. <laughs> What matches, what colors, right after Labor Day, all that good stuff. You got to know that. (laughs) So then we see uh, Julia in that room. Again, maybe she did find someone that looked like her. Again, she really couldn't unless she has a twin. But yeah, that room with all the dead bodies. Well, this could be another Jason goes to hell moment where Jason needed, you know, the switch to bodies, but he goes back to his old, old self. Maybe yeah. she just needed, you know, maybe just the skin on her turns into the old Julia. Maybe. <laughs> I have no idea. But then the one girl, man, she's just tied up and. Oh, well, they, they needed it. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty gross. Right in the back of her head. And yeah. it looks so real. That's what's amazing about image uh, image. You did the special effects. It is like real like you see the hand in some you know obviously it's not a real head but it looks like it just the movements of everything it's so just like amazing yeah i mean for for the time what what year did this movie come out 88 yeah i mean it it was pretty i mean again seeing the movie back then to now like it's got to be like it it was probably so great back then of you know because i don't think i mean too many movies back then were as graphic as this because one of the things i read i was telling doug is they're saying this is one of the most 
what graphic sequels or like of all time yeah like of all time bloody yeah so i mean for the time this probably like really stood out yeah i heard that even part one they were having problems releasing it in theaters and they had to like dial it back and stuff that they're having problems with that so i can imagine which yeah. is kind of mind-blowing in this movie they show show more blood i went and back and watched uh friday the 13th part seven they cut so much from that movie that it's crazy that they got away with it in this movie. I've it's so weird how some movies can like get away with stuff because there's stuff in this movie, like even the guy just like you know blading himself, like with the old barber blade, he's just like that looks pretty intense. But Fred, uh, you know, Jason can't like you can't see it like you know, like an axe going somebody's head, they like cut away. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe because that's more realistic than this. So I guess they feel that, you know, if it's if it's realistic, you know, it has to, you know, you have to walk on uh, eggshells, you know? Yeah, I guess so. But Julia, when she is back, man, she's so evil. She's perfect. Like, you know, I don't know how many people want to have for that role, but she just has that look. She almost has the look of what's her name? Uh, God, she turned to like a drunk in Hollywood. Uh, the lady that played Einhorn and Ace Ventura. Oh, uh, um, uh, young Sean Young. Sean Young, yeah. She kind of has that evilish like look like her, but man, the way she nails like some of these lines in this movie, and just the way, just the way she carries herself, it's, oh, it's so like evil and it's so good. And then they they go to the house, like Kyle and and Kirsty go to the house. Uh, I, you know, I give Kyle a lot of credit here because oh. after he saw what he saw, how can he want to go back? Oh, I, I don't know how either. I mean, that's seriously, I mean, I, unless he hasn't had it in a long time either. And he seems, you know, he, he watched it shower and now he's into her and he's like, oh. all right, you know, because yeah. I would not want to go back. No, if I walked in a room and I saw flies in someone's mouth, I'd be out in like seconds. Flies. Like, he saw a dead body come out of a mattress. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, he knew Kirsty again. He's a really nice guy for helping her out. He knew her for like seven seconds. And he's like, I'm going to lay it all on the line for you. Because when Julia comes up and she just starts making out with him and then they do that turn shot, then you just see all these things like kind of like pulsating on his neck and he's dead. And that's where she's back right there. Again, you, you, he walks into this room filled with horror of hanging dead bodies. How soon do you get out of there? Like the second I get a whiff of that blood and see someone hanging. I'm running out of there. Like he's like in there. He's like, he's like checking out the place. Like he's taking his time. Like, yeah, well, he is a doctor. That, that is true. And he knows how to get clothes. So I guess he wasn't really worried. <laughs> Maybe that's what he was doing. He was trying to size them. He's like 32, uh, 30 <laughs> medium, but no, that whole God. And then it goes to, and then right from there uh, we see, Kirsty, she goes upstairs. She's going through stuff. She finds the photo of Pinhead as a person. She grabs it. And then Chenard has Tiffany, the puzzle master, working on the puzzle. How does she know that's Pinhead? I I, I don't I, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, when she finds him as picture. Yeah. picture. Yeah. Like, how does she know? Uh, eyes maybe those eyes yeah like maybe it looks kind of like him i don't know um oh didn't she have some kind of like dream or something like that where well she dreamt oh yeah she had that dream yeah there you go she had that dream in the beginning so okay so she has a connection to pinhead is that like no oh okay (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but that's what it was. That opening scene of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She had that dream and she was like, this guy looks familiar. Hmm. So mm-hmm. it, it works. That's how they end up. She ends up getting the upper hand also when she sees all the Cenobites and she has the picture and she was like, remember, you were human. You were yes. human. And they all put their head down like, She's right. It's like you guys are supposed to be evil beings. Yeah, I know. They, they that, that whole scene was such a weak. <laughs> oh. But I'll tell you though, when when they show you him becoming uh Pinhead was pretty cool. I like ha- that. hammering the nails in his head. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like now that was a really cool scene. So then Chenard gets the box open and dude, the glass starts shattering, the room gets like super bright. And then the walls open up, and then you see everyone. You see Butterball, Chatter. This movie, rem- this scene reminded me of Beetlejuice. Like a door. Oh, it the, was kind of, yeah. It became Beetlejuice. Like, you know, opening the, uh, the walls to go into, Beetle, you know, the underground lair. And, yeah, you see these people come out. Now, does he always wear sunglasses, Butterball? <laughs> <laughs> right? No, he you, he's not. Well, yeah, but in the well, I, I don't know if it's just, I don't know if they were just posing. I don't know if it's like really from the, like a scene from the movie or, but like he was wearing sunglasses. Like, I most, know. Does he wear one in the first movie or just? I don't remember. <laughs> just so I, think, I think he does, actually. I, I'm sure Brittany knows this because she's always <laughs> their super fan, but they all know each other. Like, they all know each other. Clive Barker was friends with Butterball. Butterball went to acting school with uh, the Chatter and Nicholas Vincent. I don't know if the female Cenobite was, fr- I'm sure they all knew each other, but it's so cool. As soon as Clive Barker like gets this movie after Stephen King called him like the next the next like voice of horror he chose all of his buddies to be in it which is pretty rad that he like yeah um i also read too um what was the one simon what again was his name simon fuck i can't remember his name simon um brant how what is his last, his last name i can't read it on here but simon something the one who plays butterball oh yeah i don't know i don't know his last so- name yeah, sort of the B. But anyway, then I was like trying to look on here. I was like, I know it was a signature, but I can't read it. <laughs> Anyways, I guess supposedly he wrote um, uh, the book of uh, the books of blood are uh, was it books of blood. Yeah, books of blood. It was based on him. But at the time when the movie came out, he was far too old to play the main character. So he had done a cameo in the movie. But I don't know. I was like, the books of blood. I was like, how does he even really base it on him? Like, I know he looks completely different in real life. He does not even fat. Like, he's just, you know, like normal. He's got that. He doesn't have tattoos on his body. I don't know if he got that idea. But here's the thing, though, is like, he can say that all he wants, but that was such a ripoff of Ray Bradbury's Illustrated Man. Oh. There's been so many movies, TV shows, books, other things that have been ripped from that. And I was like, yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's it's not only that he's too old. Also, he's too fat because I can't imagine a pinhead, a fat pinhead. Like it would, it wouldn't have the same, you know, feel to it, right? Then you said he he was supposed to be the main main guy, Butterball. Oh, oh no, in Books of Blood. No, oh, no, the oh, I thought he meant, I thought he's supposed to be uh, like pinhead. I was like, <laughs> so I guess when he wrote Books of Blood, he based it on. I got gotcha, you. Okay. The real life character, the guy. I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah, Simon, the guy Simon, whatever his name is. But um, I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. When you actually, when you read what that story is about, Books of Blood, I was like, he totally got that from Ray Bradbury's Illustrated Man. I don't know if you guys have read that book or no. heard about it, but um, there's been so many TV shows, movies, everything that I've seen that have came from this, that have been based around this. But oh, no Illustrated Man, it's, um, so pretty much, and it's pretty much the basis of um, Books of Blood too, just 
So there's these tattoos on this guy's body that tell the story. That's like the basis of it, you know, overarching story. And there's obviously, you know, there's a lot more that break it down and make them very different. But, you know, I like that. That's so great, Bradbury. And then also there's all these stories within Illustrated Man because, you know, each story, each tattoo on his body tells a story. Oops, come here. Oh, wow. <laughs> I hear too much when I'm talking. But each story <laughs> tells, or each um, tattoo tells a story. So each chapter of the book is a different story each oh, that's pretty story. cool and even there's been tv shows and movies and stuff made on each, each of these individual stories too like there's this one called um zero hour that was based on i don't know if you guys remember this tv show that was on fox a few years back but i don't remember the name of it but it was like these kids that were talking to this alien called drill in these bushes do you guys remember that vaguely no. at all? but that was such a ripoff of that story zero hour and then i think it was this one, I think it may have even been like a Nickelodeon or some sort of family kind of uh, network that had made this movie that was called, I think it was called Smart House. I don't know if you guys remember that from maybe oh, like. Yes, it was on Disney and I, we interviewed yeah. uh, the dad, Kevin Kilner, the mom oh. in it. The Smart oh. House voice is Katie Seagal from uh, Married with Children, Peg Bundy. Yeah, so there is um, the the very first um, short story in Illustrated Man is totally a rip off, or they totally they totally ripped it off from that first story. And so it's about, but it's but the real story though is a lot more gruesome. So it's about these kids, and they live in this house that's like a smart house. And um, and th- the thing is too, like, so sorry to digress for a minute, but this book was actually r- written in <laughs> 1951, and it's really? still so ahead of its time even now. The stories wow. are so futuristic and so out there. It's crazy. I mean, this is one of the best reads ever. Called the illustrated. Check it out. It's so good. It will really, really write in. But anyways, yeah, that's wild. Um, Nineteen fifty-one and predicting that. It's incredible. He's. I mean, Ray Bradbury. Oh, right, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. For a reason. I mean, yeah. So I mean, but anyways, um, the first story though, the kids they have this um room in the smart house, this playroom. So whatever they imagine will come to life in this room. And so the parents were getting scared because the kids were imagining like um, tigers eating each other and stuff and ripping their bodies apart. And like, so they were like, they tried to lock up the room and um, they boarded it up so the kids couldn't get into it. But then one day they heard screams come out of it and the kids got into the room and they lured the parents into the room. And because the kids were like so addicted to this room. And so they did, they lured the parents in so they could get killed by the lions or tigers or whatever in the room so that they could have access back to the room again. Wow. Uh, um, wow. <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. That's insane. So one thing that was really cool, and then we'll get back to the movie, was uh was Brittany, I was looking at like behind the scenes stuff on Hellraiser 2. So they had one when they were doing all the makeup tests and the female Cenobite, because all of them were like dancing, like in their like pinheads dancing, like this, just like they're all like joking around. But the female Cenobite. She grabs a banana and she goes, she goes, does this do anything for you? And starts like, like sexually, like with the banana and <laughs> Pinhead is like dying laughing. It's funny. There's like two parts to it, but it's cool seeing them all get into the makeup, like the stages of it. Cause that yeah. Pinhead costume's like pretty, pretty intense. Well, his, his entrance was pretty cool. Oh, dude, when you see them walk in, the so, way they come in. But his entrance, when he walks in alone and you yeah. see him like, then you're like, all right, no, shit's, shit's about to get real. Like, oh, that's, dude. you know. Yeah. yeah. No. Right, and like, look those vents that come out of nowhere that just open up, like in the walls. It's like, yeah. Sh- yep. sh- and all the smoke comes in and the blue lights. And then. It was, it was yeah, a great entrance. 
they, they oh. know how to make an entrance. That's yep. the short answer. And then the see puzzle- how long it takes them to get into makeup on the behind the scenes. Yeah, you could watch it. Yeah, it's on YouTube if you just look Something it up. Didn't it how long it takes them to get into? Oh, it didn't show how long. They showed it in like different stages because he was just normal. And then when he put when they had it put on, he was just like dancing around. I would think the, the when they're when they're skinless, that's got to be the longest because oh, that of like course. I mean, and that's gonna be the most uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, taking I all your skin off. Suit, oh. Maybe that they put on like a whole suit, and then they put blood on. Yeah. And you wanna, one thing that I re- uh, realized um, when I was looking at some like behind the scenes stuff of part one a while back is that the person that plays Frank as the um, like skinless body is a whole different person. It's not yeah. Frank. It's not the Frank actor. So I don't know why they do that. Maybe he had a better body. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that actor, the guy who played Frank, maybe he was just like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and they wanted Frank because I don't know. I don't know what else Frank was in, but like Andrew Robinson, like uh, Larry, if he uh, maybe if he said like, hey, I don't want to do it, they'd be like fine with it because he's like pretty big time actor, you know, Dirty Harry. But do you, do you think if 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 uh, Butter Butterball or is Butterbean Butterball? Butterball. 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 Do you think, listen, I'll be in your movie, but I got to wear sunglasses. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> this is the part where we get like so many weird quick things dude the one uh my green screen's obviously in my shed but the one part where the baby is sewing its own lip shut <laughs> that is like nightmarish then we get a clown that has no eyes and it's juggling it's own yes this, this whole scene was bizarre it was like a circus it was like a weird like yeah I got, and this is where i'm like all right what is going on like I'm, I'm like now I'm totally lost. Like I don't yeah. know what is going on. So yeah, it was. Then that, that's why it reminded me of Terror Tunes because I feel like there was a lot of like just things thrown at you. Yeah, like, it's kind of like, like a compilation of like all these special effects things. and look, look at all the special effects we have and look at this. Yeah, yeah. Because then yeah, we get, have like nothing to do with the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we get a super hard cut to Kirsty. Uh, she's in her house. And then she's looking at paintings. Then just blood starts pouring out from everywhere. And dude, then there's like cockroach. And I thought like, again, she's 20, 22 in these two movies, but God, that would like freak me out. I know like a, a little cool thing behind the scenes when she's talking about these movies, she's like, we're talking about this one. She's like, yeah, I got to do a lot of like bloody gross things in this one. But that whole scene with the roaches and just, Wait, so that's the that's the scary scene. That's the gross scene for her to work with, but not the people hanging by hooks and like blood all over the place. That's okay. That's that's normal. <laughs> well, if it was real roaches, God, those are real roaches. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, listen, I, I would assume working on a set like this, it's got to mess with your mind a little bit when you're constantly seeing these dead bodies and and how graphic they make it. I mean, it's got to like play with you a little bit, you know. Yeah, you're right. Those were like Hollywood roaches, best roaches out there. They worked in Joe's apartment 10 years later. <laughs> they know what they're doing. And then she then she has like a nightmare. And then she like then she like kind of blacks out. She wakes up and then she's surrounded by everyone. And the one thing that's amazing about her, obviously, she encountered them in the you know, the previous night, I guess. And she like they like kind of like take a liking to her, Pinhead, because he kind of like lets her go. Yeah, but do you think it's because she's le- like she's helping? Was it Tiffany? Yeah, right? it was- no. Um, she made a deal with him. Remember, she made a deal with Pinhead to bring him to Frank because Frank escaped hell. Oh, and that's what it was. Yeah, 
And so she was going to make another deal with him too. And he was like, um, like if you fool us again, your, uh, your torture or something like that will even be legendary in hell and all your suffering will be legendary. Some of his conversations were almost too normal. I mean, I then he had, then he had, like, you know, yeah, I expect, I expect like scary, like deep, like he was like having normal conversations like over breakfast. I That's know that's what I was saying too. That's what really takes away a lot of like the like the real horror factors. It can be reasoned with so easily for being demons. It's Correct. like all she did was show him a picture. It was like he's yeah. like, I remember. And everyone <laughs> else like put their head down. Like I remember too. And oh, we're good. Like, we're good now. <laughs> and then they just start attacking the other guy. Well, by him, you know, through. I mean, their leader. I mean, like, really, that's all it took. Well, it it, 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 that scene. Like, I mean, even get to me that easy. <laughs> well, 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 when we get to that scene, but that wasn't much of a fight. Oh. That was that was kind of weird. And the fact that like all the other people that Pinhead and they attack with the hooks, you know, they get pretty pretty quick. He like misses Kirsty, and then that's when I think right after that is when she like makes that deal. But dude, when they do that first shot and they show what hell is, that's like the mazes that they have to run through throughout this whole movie. How large that is! I guess that is hell being stuck in like a maze. Well, you know, I was thinking that because it she would kept going in, in circles almost like she kept yeah. running. And can you imagine just like being, just never getting anywhere, just keep running this, like thinking you're yeah. going one way and you come back to the beginning every single time? That actually wasn't hell though. That was um, the labyrinth, oh. like the maze of the mind or whatever. Remember the Leviathan is the, the ruler of the labyrinth. That's what oh. they opened up. So that wasn't actually hell, but um So yeah. would that be like the purgatory to get to hell? I guess. I mean, I guess it's a lab because like, the waiting room. Is, like the maze of the mind or whatever. So I guess it is some kind of like purgatory thing, but that's where uh, the Leviathan lives. But you know, the, the weird thing too, I, I, find, I find it find it funny that they use Leviathan of all creatures because isn't Leviathan Water. from the Bible? He's from the Bible. It's supposed to be like a aquatic demon from the Bible or something. And it's also supposed to be like the ruler of law and order. And so he and also i guess like ties back into or actually like the part of uh leviathan in, in this in part two though i guess he's like the ruler of law and order and so that's why he um you know he's been he's been in existence way far be before mankind and so when yeah. man was created he hates man because it disrupted law and order and so yeah. So, 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 okay. So, so, so you're telling me hell is worse than any of that stuff that was going on in, in that maze. Can you, I imagine, guess, yeah. can you imagine, like what, I mean, besides having babies zipping, you know, like tying, like sewing their lips closed, uh, juggling circus clowns and bloody things all over the place. It's worse than that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess like, I'm a little bit confused about that too, but I don't think they actually showed hell at all. I think in part two. It was just, that's like the gateway to it. Because remember, I think that drop down, remember how like the girl almost dropped down? Yeah, yeah. She saved her. I think, because remember like that, that's, so the labyrinth kind of symbolizes the, like the uh, purgatory in between. She can drop ah, down, like the drop okay. down will like lead you to hell, I think, or something. Ah, so that was hell underneath. I think, but yeah, I think they don't actually show <laughs> hell actually, but. I don't know. I could be wrong, but it no. is kind of confusing. Well, you're the expert. Well, well we're the, you're the, you're the <laughs> resident hell razor expert. <laughs> yeah. So then with, so Chenard and this guy's like so happy. 
like at this point, because this is when uh, Julia is like, is this what you want? And he's like, this is all I've ever wanted. And then, dude, what a fitting for a guy that was that evil. Obviously, it kind of, I guess, sort of works out for him. Again, we don't know what his game, end game was. Was it the, you know, the sexual demons or was it what happens next? But when she like kind of like pushes him into like that elevator of death. You mean he, and when he becomes Doc Ock? the barbed wire on his face and then the hands grabbing him and do that thing just grabbing onto his oh my god dude that looked again it was the stop motion it wasn't like obviously what people could do today but like that looked. you're going was that before frank or after frank that's before frank oh was uh yeah okay yeah, well, I think it's actually in part two, their Cenobite creation and everything was way, even part one and part two were way better than even part three. And I don't know if you guys remember part three. I don't know if you've seen part three yet, but that is when it got so cheesy with the Cenobites. I mean, they started bringing it back. Part four, it was normal again, but do you guys remember that when they were like in that club? And oh, then they no. had like, a guy with like the CDs popping out of his face. <laughs> and then they had the guy with like the piston head. It was and they were like running out in the Ugh. street and there's like explosions. It was like an action movie. It was so cheesy. I was That's like, oh my horrible. God, how did you guys like get worse at this? I don't know. Because they, they were pretty cool, like the way, and it was pretty scary. And like, especially for the time, everything that like, you guys were just talking about, how the doctor was created and everything. It was so bad in part three. It was like, oh, what man. happened? Did we made the find someone for three. <laughs> Ugh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so then, so then Kirsty, kind of like what Jamie just mentioned, when he goes, he goes to the house. And he, she finds her dad's house and this is when she gets inside. And it's funny, Jamie mentioned that he called the cop meatloaf earlier, the detective, because when she walks in the house, it reminds me of the video for any, uh, I would do anything for love because there's like a trillion (laughs) candles. Yep. Just like lit. And (laughs) this scene gets obviously seeing him back. It's like, oh, okay. But it gets really creepy. You know, I was trying to figure out what was going on. I, I thought they were having sex with the wall because they talk about the women going in and out of the wall. You're talking about, well, I don't okay. know. If they, were they women? Oh, oh, yeah. oh you know, they're the laying down underneath yeah. the sheets. Yeah. yeah. And they were, they were moaning as they came out of the wall and they went right back into the wall. And then mm-hmm. they came back and then another one came into the wall, out to the wall. Like, I thought they were having sex with the wall. <laughs> <laughs> no, Frank said that those that they're there to tease him, you know, because... Frank's some kind of like sexual deviant and loves his own hell. He's like, they're there to tease me. Yeah. That's that was, <laughs> that was his own hell. That seemed like fun. Yes. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> but he could only watch Jamie. He couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't partake. And then when they come out again and it's just blood, mm-hmm. it's just like blood. Like the next time we see them come out, come back. But Oh my God, dude, just the way he, he wants to like, that's his niece. And he like, kind of like looks at her in like this really weird way, but one line he's using all these really descriptive words, like very poetic. And then he says, when you're dead, Kirsty, you're fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't make sense because doesn't he kind of die while he's dead? Cause he's, he's dead now. Right. He escaped from hell, I guess, or something. Cause he escaped from pinhead. And yeah, but but he's 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 in the lab he's in the labyrinth now. 
So he, or, if, yeah, or yeah, maybe that, that is what it is. He wasn't his own personal hell, but he was saying something along the lines. I'm kind of confused because I guess he was in the labyrinth actually when he was down there with those bodies and everything. But but but, but I mean, but he's not. But he's not alive. Like he's not in in in. He's not on Earth, right? He's in the oh, labyrinth. No, oh no, I think maybe he is still in. Oh, you know, I don't know. I'm so confused <laughs> because at the end of part one, he does get back a hold of Frank. Kirsty, that was the deal she made with Pinhead, and she brought him to Frank, and Frank, you know. Tore him up. You know, we've seen that in the beginning of part two even. But um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. So then how does he die again when Julia gets him? Yeah, I, I know. Can die yeah, again? You, you can yeah. die twice? I guess. I don't know. Because I thought that Pin had got, you know, got back a hold of him at the beginning or at the end of part one. So so you're, you, you when you die, you're dead. And then you can become deader. I, I guess, but you can okay. also be brought back to you like with Frank and Julie and stuff because you're in some kind of weird purgatory middle right, right. Um, dimension or something. Right. I don't know. But I think <laughs> if, if you go all the way to hell, I don't know if you get brought back. I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> but so, yeah, then, I mean, I've seen this a bunch of times too, and it still makes not. <laughs> you still need that. <laughs> Watching it a million times. <laughs> oh my God. And then, so, like I said, it was creepy. She like kisses him and she said, I'll do anything. And I'm like, okay. And then, and then next line, I'd rather burn. And she throws one of the sheets and dude, I watched the behind the scenes of that scene. She almost got like lit on fire. Like the flames that came out from that were so close to her. It was, it was not safe, not safe. (laughs) So when you're in almost hell, fire is still bad. Well, for Frankenstein's monster, fire is always bad. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't in hell. He was in his own personal hell. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's very confusing. <laughs> and, then, and then Kirstie's out of there, back into the maze. Oh, no, no. Still in that room, right? And then uh, Julia's there with Tiffany on her arm. And then this is where, again, the kiss of death. She kisses Frank. Frank's like, I knew you'd come back. And I'm like, oh, they like, oh, they really love each other. She turned on him and like nothing. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. For what she did in the first one, she was murdering guys that she met at the bar. Wait, you're you're surprised an evil woman who's basically from hell is turn is doing something evil? Well, she loved him. She killed for him. Okay, but what, what's what's love? She's an evil person. She's in hell. I guess, but you think I it's real? I thought it was yeah, real. I get what you're saying though that they they really gave her no motive to want to turn on him. Yeah. Like, what did he do? I don't know. Well, yeah. maybe she was into the doctor now. She's into the doctor. Oh he's, yeah, maybe that is what it is. I don't she know. killed him already. What do you mean the doctor's dead already? Well, he's no, he's not. Doc, he's Doc Ock. He is Doc Ock right now, but maybe. Oh, she, she, whenever she like turns his heart out or something, does she eat it? What does she do with the heart? She doesn't she do something with it or? She just takes it out like Temple of Doom style. Yeah. It's like, she just takes it? Yeah. She doesn't eat it for anything? Oh. No, that's all. Know. Yeah. No eating of hearts. This isn't Jason goes to hell eating of <laughs> hearts. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, so, that's crazy. So, then Tiffany, Tiffany and Kirstie run. Kirstie drops the statue. So, she has when the box turns into like that. Dagger know, thing. Double obelisk. Yeah. Like a dagger. Mm-hmm. And... God, dude, the the next scene, and then it gets super windy, like super well, crazy windy. Oh, the, the door's open. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it wasn't just windy out of the blue. When it's super windy in the labyrinth, that if one door opens, the whole place. <laughs> this is how we're talking about, <laughs> or almost hell. <laughs> half hell. 
<laughs> FL. <laughs> the gateway to hell, kind of. The gateway. <laughs> but yeah, so then so then we see Chinard, and I kind of skipped ahead with the Doc Ock part, but that kind of reminded me of like that cr- the creature in Stranger Things. Yeah. Just the way like the end of it looked. And then again, a quick cutback. Like this is the part of the movie that there's a lot of cuts. And I think maybe they're like, kind of like freak you out. So you're like almost as not confused, but just the whole part with Julia's skin peeling <laughs> off. Like it's like a suit, like a, like a, like a suit that zips up. <laughs> that's what yeah. it looked like. It looked like a suit that zips up in the back, <laughs> which I think it was because that's how she put it on later on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just sitting in a pile like dirty laundry it's so ridiculous <laughs> and it's not moving from the wind anymore it's just like <laughs> sitting there oh skin is heavy <laughs> <laughs> but no that was just so weird that whole part because i'm like obviously she has it on but boy, she couldn't she use like glue or tie it better or so it, 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 is she, so she working against pinhead because she yeah, creates Julia, is, yeah, yeah. Is, she, is she working like, is she not on the same page as Pinhead? Because she creates the doctor, Doc Ock, right? So like, is, does she have her own, like what, like what's her story with Pinhead? Well, she doesn't want to go to hell. You know, same thing. She's trying to get brought back. You know, she had that guy bring her the bodies and Pinhead's going to take her back to hell where she belongs. She's so she creates to Doc Ock to, to defeat Pinhead. Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe so, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then the next part, they're back in the mental hospital. Uh, Kirstie starts just like crying, saying, Daddy, I'm sorry. And then Tiffany consoles her. And then again, everyone, we mentioned this earlier, all the people that we saw earlier in the movie on that basement floor that Chenard was like, I guess like grooming for this, were just like all dead, all like, but the one guy when he has like the little puzzle box and the little hooks in his eyes, I think that was pretty funny. But they yeah, the, everyone died. But who killed? So they were all. Uh, that's what I understand. I guess they all got brought in when they got brought in. But we didn't. I don't know. Yeah, they didn't explain that part at all. I th- I thought that was just messing with her mind. Also, at at oh. one point. But I mean, yeah, because when they go back, you see, you see all the dead bodies laying there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is true. Yeah. yeah, I think that you're right. But I did like the the doctor, some of his lines as uh, Doc Ock, when he says, the doctor is in. And I love that. This, yeah. the, the, again, it's stop motion. It's dated. Uh, but just the way it looks at like snakes come out of his hands and there's blades coming out and just like going around. And uh, it looked like they kept adding more. Like 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 the the snakes came out, then the blades came out, then one opened up and something else came out. Like it was well, like no one was a flower later, <laughs> and one was a finger that said "come here." Like yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's the gadget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. No, that was that was definitely something. And then the very next scene we talked about it a bunch was uh, Kirsty goes back and Tiffany. They're in front of Pinhead, and again he's like, "What do you think?" What? I'm going to fall for your trick again. You're going to bring somebody else that's escaped. And she pulls out the photo. She's like, well, it's you. Well, first she, first she goes, no deal, just information. And then he goes, go on. Yes. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. Like, like that, that's when like the conversation was so normal. I was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, they're literally like any other horror movie villains you could not. Oh, you can't negotiate with. with. Like, it's just, no, not at all. Yeah, imagine having a conversation with Jason. All right, let's Jason. This is what we're gonna do. You know. <laughs> I know. You'd already be exactly. That's amazing. He's like the guy in uh, Austin Powers, but Will Ferrell. Oh, damn. Three times. You ask him the question three times and he gives you the answer. But no, <laughs> that, that whole part is just, and then again, you remember. And then like Brittany said, like all the guys are like, oh man, we do remember. <laughs> they look defeated. Like they look like they're defeated. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're sorry for everything they've ever done. That's what yeah. they look like. <laughs> no, I know that. That's definitely what happened. And then how does Chenard, how big he is, sort of like sneak in. He sneaks in and Pinhead sends the hooks. He grabs him and this guy, just the snakes with the blades, cut the cut the uh, lines like it's nothing. He's this, superhuman. This oh, scene could have been so much better. Like oh, a, I know. A, some kind of battle and there was nothing. There was nothing. No, I know. <laughs> it could have it could have been not like obviously a different genre but like teenage mutant ninja turtles the first one against shredder how each of them go against him right right and they try like to fight together obviously if they wanted to do what happens that they die but just giving these guys that are the like cenobites they've killed so many people just like tormented souls and they die that fast and even pinhead like nothing oh i know it was, <laughs> it was yeah and that was shocking. You know, I've seen the first one. I, I, I might have seen bits of this as a kid, the second one. But for him to, I don't know, to go down like that, it just, I don't know. Yeah, he's, not, he's not as cool as you thought. I mean, again, not seeing any of the other movies, I'm thinking, all right, this guy's like, you know, like one of the top guys. You put you put him on the same level as, you know, Freddy and Jason, oh, yeah. Leatherface. And I've never seen any of the other ones go down as quick as Pinhead did. No, no. So he, he's, he's bumped off the list in my, in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put a Chucky there instead. Oh, no. <laughs> but then we see, when we see uh, uh, the chatterer, when he gets killed, when it's spinning around and then we see him as a kid, because his like backstory is that he was like a little kid that opened up the box. They don't really go into that, but I don't know. Is that in the books? Brittany? Oh, what part? I'm sorry. That the chatterer, like he was his backstory is he was a kid that found the box, the puzzle box. Cause they show him as a kid after it spins around like three times, he's a little kid. Well, aren't they all bad oh, people? No. Are they all bad people that become Cenobites? No, they're just somebody no, that no, found no. the box. Okay. So that has nothing to do with the, how they were as a person. Okay. Yes. It's like, yeah, you solved the box. We came. But then, yeah, like like I say, the Leviathan has the power to turn anybody into a Cenobite, I guess. Okay. But no, they don't get into anything with the Chatterer when he was little or anything like that in the book. Oh, wow. And the book is really just based on um, Hellraiser. Or, uh, I'm sorry. Um, Hellraiser Part 1 is really based on the book. It's um, very oh, okay. similar. To, they, you know, um, they don't get into any of the backstory. Just like, that's why I was saying, like, why one of the reasons why I really like Hellraiser Part Four Bloodline is because that's when they get really into the backstory, uh, but they go way farther back than that. Though they don't get into like the the um, history of any of the other Cenobites and any of the other sequels besides uh, Pinhead. But they do talk about I think it was like in the 1800s in France when it was created. You know there was um, this toy maker um, was it something Merchant? I forgot the guy's name. That's been that's what I need to rewatch. Is Part Four my favorite one? But like. 
has some weird French name, obviously like Le Jean Merchant or something. And he was like the biggest toy maker in the town. And so this evil, crazy guy who, you know, summons demons and stuff, he had commissioned him to make him this box. So it was a very intricate box and he had no idea what he was making. And so he was very curious about what he was making. And then he started snooping around this guy's house after he delivered it. And then he's seen this woman. It took this woman. I think she was um, uh, like a homeless woman on the street. And they just picked her up and they brought her to this big feast. And she was feasting on all this food. And um, then that's when they, they had these hooks come down. They, they hooked up her body oh. and they drained her body. They drained. Um, they took. Uh, they took. They. they Pretty much took everything, all the organs, the skin, the bones, everything out of her skin and just had the skin hanging above the table. And that's when they used the box to summon the demon that filled up the skin of her body. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) That is. These guys are warped. (laughs) They're all like they have all a warped mind. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like the first centibite that was like summons from this box. But. He tried to, I don't know why the toy maker was trying to get in the middle of it, but obviously, you know, he was murdered too, because like, what the fuck, you know, I mean, yeah. but yeah, he was, yeah, he was sad. He was just, yeah, some like innocent guy who's about to have a baby and a wife and everything. But see that law, that's so the thing is too, okay, so another cool thing about it, because why, why they try to like jump generations and stuff, it's the same uh, actor that plays, uh, so so during uh, part four, you know how you know, I was saying it has it jumped from like the 1800s to like the 90s to like the future, and so that guy Merchant or whatever. So his bloodline—that's why they call it bloodline. Oh. The same guy that created the box, and in the 90s, you know, it came back. So it's the same guy in the future who's on the spaceship. He was, he's related to the guy who made the box, and he's trying to end it. He's trying to end it in outer space. He's like bringing the box out there. Wait, to, Hellraiser's in space. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, part four. It's like, in don't space. they all end up in space? Yeah, Leprechaun, always- Jason. Jason. They all end up in space, except for Freddy. Freddy's never gone to space. Oh, yeah, that's right. I know. <laughs> Yet. I don't that think is crazy. Space either, or did he? I Who? don't know. Did Chucky go to space? I don't think he did either. No, but he didn't he go to the hood? Or no? Didn't Chuck? No, Leprechaun, oh, Leprechaun, Leprechaun went to the hood. Leprechaun went to the hood. He went to outer <laughs> space. He was all over the yeah, place. he's done it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one one of the parts of the movie that again a lot is confusing, lots out there. But one thing that was kind of crazy, and it kind of re- reminded me of like we just covered Halloween Five, Brittany, and so Tiffany starts talking. And well, her, her first word, I mean, I, I I thought it was gonna be the only word in the whole movie. She says shit. <laughs> Like, <laughs> and that's it. And then, like, she didn't talk again for a little while. So I was yeah, like, yeah. that would have been great if that's the only word she said the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> when she actually starts forming sentences. Yeah. And Kirsty again, the their whole goal obviously is to survive and get out of there. But wouldn't she be like, oh my god, this person, she talks. Like, I would be like a little bit like, okay, this is cool. But then Tiffany runs right back, finds the puzzle. And then that is her thing. She's like examining the puzzle. And this is where Chidar flies in. And he he's like floating the whole time to to kill her. Tosses Kirsty away. How does she know that's what she needs to do? Like, how does she know she needs that to, to well, solve I that puzzle? I guess she opened it up to get there. You close it to get back or solve it again. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but she's also like a puzzle master so i think yes. she just inherently knows or something because she knows what buttons to push when she she grabs the puzzles yeah yeah no, yeah that's her, her whole thing. <laughs> but 
So when Kirsty runs away after she's like, I thought she was gonna be knocked out, but she like gets right back up like right right away. She just like you don't see her, and you're like, what's gonna happen? And really, I didn't. When we see Julia come back, I'm just like, oh my god, she's alive. I you know seeing this for the first time, I'm like. First of all, her face is off a little bit. Like they actually made it look like her face wasn't oh. like it was, she didn't look normal like she did before. Um, but because I think she, Christy made like a face or something when she when Tiffany was running off, like something like I have an idea, like a, like a light bulb went off in her head. I, I, I saw something and I'm like, oh, she, I know. She, I know exactly what she's doing. And I, I, not, I didn't know it then. But when I saw Julia back, I'm like, that's Christy without a doubt. Like, I mean, yeah, perfect fit. Well, I didn't, I didn't notice that it was awful. Not only perfect fit, like she had enough time to really put it on and like, had she closed the back? I mean, you know, I, my wife can't even zip a, a dress up in the back, you know, and she's putting a full s- skin suit on. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And I also wrote down, so the, the, the snake hands again, this is a different time. It comes out a cactus, a weed whacker and a succulent plant. I don't know what that was going to do. So he's not <laughs> Inspector Gadget. I mean, he has every sort of, everything. Sort of <laughs> so then, when Julia kisses Chenard, and then it allows Tiffany, you know, time. So, okay, hold on. So he's he's basically a monster at this point. He's still horny. This guy, I guess. I mean, see, that didn't make sense either. I don't. I think he's so beyond that. That I don't think that like that she's gonna be able to entice him again. He's a monster. And just think <laughs> of your Kirsty to think to do that. Oh, like, well, hey, that's, this guy. Yeah. She only knew him for a little bit, but I guess she saw some of the the way like Ju- he looked at Julia for her to be like, "This is what I'm gonna do to save the day." Well, she used that with Frank also when when Frank was like, you know, like like kind of getting aggressive with her. She's like, that's when she's like, all right, you know, I'll do whatever you want. Like, you know, like, so she kind of uses her charm, I guess, you know, mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird, but, but he did, he did have another good line. He looks at uh, Tiffany and he goes, your case is closed, Tiffany. And I'm afraid <laughs> it's terminal. <laughs> and then right within like a second, his head gets ripped in half. Yeah. Because she solves the puzzle. And <laughs> And then that's when she almost falls off into what could be hell. And then Julia reaches for, which again, it's not Julia, it's Kirsty. But when you see it start ripping, I'm like, holy shit, what's happening right now? Ripping, it was like stretching. (laughs) It looks so ridiculous. (laughs) And they escape just in time. The door is closing. That's what's crazy. Obviously, when it opens, when she solves the puzzle to open it up the first time, they're there right away. They're, they're in it but when you close it you got to get out well not only that when they first go in there they were going in circles like it like yeah. it was a maze they were able to figure out how to get back like real quick yeah that is true. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and something's shooting at them so the 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 puzzle the way the puzzle looks like when it's just floating in the air and i wrote down because the way it, the inaccuracy of the shooting <laughs> It must have been like stormtroopers from Star Wars. Oh, you mean those lights? <laughs> yeah, they kept missing. They were blowing up. At first, I didn't know what they were. I thought they were something that if they touched them, maybe it would stop them. But when they showed in the hospital room, it's blowing up the lights, the beds exploding, lamps exploding. So I'm like, wow, they're really lucky. That was a tight hallway and not one. Not one. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I must say the end of this movie. So they're, they're in safety. And then we cut to a moving crew, which I thought I wrote down the name of the moving company. It was like some guy's name. So, so what I read, those are the same movers from the first movie. Oh. <laughs> I guess there's movers in the first movie. And I when read they that move in, yeah. the same guys. Oh, yeah. They're the same two guys. That's but what, really what I don't understand, if I work for a moving company and I'm moving boxes out of a house and I go to a room that has a bed oh. with hooks and blood over the place, are you still going to move the house out? No. <laughs> <laughs> and like it happens earlier, there is blood. What does the guy do? He touches it and he licks it. Uh, but the mover does too. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. I don't. I don't remember a little. Well, detail. that's remember. He, his, and then at the end, he gets sucked into bed again. Like because when yeah, the other guy comes in, there, he gets sucked into the bed. Yeah. He's just like, what? "Hey, look at this." So he had. A, he touched a stranger's blood stain. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. He was like, not. He's just like, "Whoa, look, check this yeah. out!" Like, yeah. just kind of like, <laughs> like he just found like I don't know, like just like a cool statue. Or something. He goes, "Hey, look at this!" <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. Speaking of statues, yeah, they get sucked into it, and then just randomly, a weird statue thing comes out oh. of the bed. I, that <laughs> was that was ridiculous. Yeah, his that, moving partner runs upstairs. Well, doesn't run upstairs. Casually walks upstairs after he hears his buddy yell. Yeah. And then there's like a half a body, and then that yep. statue comes up. And we see the, the baby, baby again. Yep. The baby with the sewn lips, pinhead's face in it. And you have some guy with long hair. Yeah. I wonder. I was trying to think if that was Clive Barker. I know what he looks like, but I was like, that must have been somebody involved. It didn't look like the director. Because he had the last line in the movie. Like he was just like, it zoomed yeah. in on him. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Man. It's to have a bunch of souls and stuff trapped into that, uh, in that statue thing. Because in part three, that's kind of where part three picks up with that statue, which is like, I, no one ever explains that statue really. They don't explain why it was even created or anything. It just kind of popped into existence. And then part three is kind of based on that. Cause there's like weird, like club owner or like DJ or like some kind of like skeezy club dude or whatever. And he has the thing and he ends up, I don't know. How does he end up getting it? Maybe he buys it. He just thinks it's cool or something, but then he makes a uh, deal with pinhead though. So it won't take his body. He brings these girls to the, to the uh, statue and then the chains of, you know, come out and take the souls that it needs. That, that statue looks like there was like leftover, uh, like things from like their budget. Like they, they bought all this stuff. They're like, all right, we didn't use it. So let's just put it together make something yeah. cool with it. And then, you know, sh- show it at the end. Cause we paid for it already. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, like that was really just thrown in there. It was, like, it looked like it was just a bunch of things. In, in, it was like, fuck it. Let's not even get an explanation. Like, who gives a shit? Like, do it. And they make a whole other sequel about it too, which is funny. Yeah, they just threw it in there, and they're like, "Cause the movie did well, so that was Hellraiser too, and the budget for it was six million. We kind of talked about it before. It must have been mostly for that last like, statue. All the effect for the statues, yeah. <laughs> five point five on the statue, half a million on everything else. But uh, and then it made uh thirteen box office. So again, other horror movies you know, make a lot more than that and keep getting more made. But this community, when I talked to Nicholas, uh, the uh, chatter, and he told me like when the first movie came out, there was like a trailer out and like within like no time, cause they did an article in like timeout magazine in London and like the BDSM community, like gravitated towards it. 
So people obviously love this movie. And again, it's profitable. Like nobody's going to turn around making $7 million, but other movies don't get made. Jason goes to hell, which we just covered. That movie sucks. The movie made, uh, I think it made uh, a net of like $12 million. And then after that, they're like, screw it. That sucks so bad. We're not going to make one until God, almost like 10 years later. But so, so Brittany, you're awesome. So what would you say? Obviously you're a huge mega Hellraiser pinhead fan. Uh, would you recommend people to watch this movie? <laughs> I don't know if I would recommend it just because like I said, it's more of a nostalgic reason why I like it and enjoy it. You know, and like you guys were also saying too, watching it now for the first time is, you know, kind of like <laughs> takes a lot out of it. You know what I mean? It would be like, why would she recommend this to me? Oh my God. But for the, definitely for the nostalgia of it. And so I don't know. I don't know if you can, I don't know, get nostalgia with something that you didn't have from the past or anything. But that's like literally the hundred percent reason why I like it. So I don't know. I don't know if I, if I went into it like you, like, you know, never seeing any of them before and watching it as a full fully grown adult, I think I'd be like, this sucks. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I still, honestly, like I really do enjoy part four. I that's all my all time favorite. And I, like I said, a lot of people don't like that movie, but I don't know. Like I couldn't really recommend that one without, you know, with, you can't watch that one without actually, you know what? You probably could watch that one without watching any of the others because none of the other ones really go into the uh, history of it or how anything was made or created or anything like that. So this one does. And it also goes through generations and everything. So you See? can probably just watch that one by itself. The first time that's ever happened that someone recommended to watch another installment, but that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, what, Jamie, what would you say? Would you recommend? <sighs> well, um, I think if you've never seen any of them, I would not. There's a reason why you haven't seen them. I don't think it's necessary to see this one. If you've seen one or other ones, I would say, listen, if, if you like some of the other, you have to, you know, you got to watch them all kind of thing. Um, but if you've never seen any of them, I think you're okay not seeing this because this, you know, besides being a, like a, a cult horror movie that a lot of people do like, it's a bizarre movie, you know? And so if you, if you want to find a horror movie, that's really, I think it's like kind of all over the place. I mean, with the special effects and everything else. Uh, I mean, it's definitely cool. You can, you, you can take a look at, you can appreciate what came out in 1988 or whatever it came out. So you can look at that because the special effects are really cool. I mean, for, for the time. Um, but if you're looking for like a good horror movie, I would not pick this one. I would probably go with the first, the original one, even without seeing it or four, because you know, you know, you're, 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 you're putting four in such a high pedestal. I would say maybe see four over this one. Yes. Yes. Four for sure. Oh, can I make another recommendation too? Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen part seven or heard of part seven hell world. No. But well, um, I've heard yeah, of it. yeah. that's after TV. It was straight Inferno, to TV. right? Huh? That's right after, after Inferno? Inferno. Okay. I have yeah. to be honest with you. I thought there was only like two of them. I didn't realize it's like nine. <laughs> yes, I know. And they keep coming out with them. And they need to stop, honestly. <laughs> uh, the last one, I literally had no interest in watching anything like that. But somebody, just because they know I like Hellraiser, sent it to me in my P.O. box. I'm like, ah, I don't <laughs> like this movie. No, I want to keep you know my memories and my nostalgia of Hellraiser intact. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. But um, yeah. Wait, it gets Hellraiser. worse than this? Huh? It gets worse than this? 
oh my god literally this last one i don't even remember the name of it it was like god was it like revelation? revelation was it revelation yeah something like that it was so bad i okay so i just because somebody sent it to me i wanted just to watch like just i was like okay let's see if it's even watch watchable and just the beginning oh even <laughs> the beginning it's so bad it's not watchable at all it is the worst movie ever made it's terrible oh my god. Um, and it just it pisses me off so much that they try to like connect it to hellraiser and everything and the new pinhead is so bad okay so oh, i saw that yeah the one before revelations i forgot what the name of that one was too but it's also not doug bradley and i think the, that one specifically or was it the last one it was like the director or something was like oh well i can just play pinhead and oh. it, <laughs> it was the worst it was the freaking worst oh my god he just looks so dorky too it's just <laughs> oh my god. But, but back to though to hell, hell hell world though that's another one people don't really like it was a straight to dvd one but that one was a really good time and that one really you don't have to watch any other ones to watch hell world because it's really cool it just starts out it's like these kids that are a part of this online community it's like all these hellraiser fans this online community and they come up with this um this like yearly party it's called hell world and so they come there it's like all like hellraiser themed and it's like super cool and oh, stuff wow. and, yeah so you have to get like special invitations to be invited to hell world you know and uh and Doug Bradley's of Hellraiser still, or he's still a pinhead in that movie oh, and everything sweet. too. So, but it's really cool. It, that was just a good time. It's kind of, kind of, kind of reminds me of like Saw a bit. You know how each okay. of these characters get into these weird situations where they end up like in a weird contraption or something. But there is like there is a character that puts on the um that the hell world party and so he brings these specific kids there's a reason also too there's a twist at the end that also right. i don't really do like but there's a reason why specifically like these six kids he has an interest in and he brings them into this room with all this really cool um hellraiser memorabilia and stuff and they're like oh cool look at this look at this and da-da-da. and all this all these different things that were touching have like some kind of weird um poison or something that um they go into some weird trance. That's why they're able to like get him in all these weird situations throughout the oh, movie. Shit. But yeah, I don't want to like give away too much of it because there is like a weird twist at the end that they don't even know what's how this is even happening the whole time. They're actually not really there when they think they are. So but it's already giving away a lot. <laughs> that's a cool one. Or, yeah, <laughs> a hell world. That's fun. Okay. So no, that's awesome. No, I'll have to mm. check that one out because it sounds so it's like they're watching so in the movie hellraiser is a movie no they're it's oh, like okay. so there's like this online community for all these like super hellraiser fans and oh, so it's okay. like all these friends there's like this group of friends that are all part of it and you have to get these special invitations to be invited to hell world it's like it's a real place it's a real party it's like the party at this mansion that this guy puts on and um so they get the they get these invitations and so at the beginning of the movie one of their friends dies and so one of their friends that's part of this hellraiser community and that's why you know the like two of the characters kind of are on the fence of going they don't really want to go and they're like oh come on you know we got you all the stuff you know but that character the one that dies the friend he's kind of tied into the whole motive of the movie too so it, it actually is a really good story i don't know why i mean the thing is too I do know why. It's just, <laughs> really, everybody gave up on Hellraiser at this point. It just kept going, tanking, tanking, tanking. So by the time Hellworld came out, they were just like, no, no, thank you. And I think that was actually the last movie before Doug Bradley just gave up on it too. So I'll check it out. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm going to check it out. And uh, so I would tell people 
to just like I said for terror tunes, which Brittany, you might enjoy those movies. You'll never see anything like it. I think for people that love horror, that if you love horror, you've seen these. But if you haven't seen these, this is a movie you'll never see anything like it. it, it yeah, and it's, I, I mean, it, it's considered horror, but it just, it's so bizarre. It's bizarre. Like, yeah. I mean, like, if you're looking for a campy, like, silly horror, like, you'll like it. If you like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, those are my favorites. Okay, and then you'll like it. Look it up. Yeah. (laughs) Well, sweet. Well, Brittany, thank you. Uh, I'll put all your links so people can find you. But you have a website that has a lot of everything, right? Isn't just BrittanyAmber.com? BrittanyAmber.com. Very easy. Yeah, BrittanyAmber.com. Yes, I go live every week. I have all kinds of exclusive content. I have new custom videos on there. Um, It's also the easiest way to DM me, too, because Obviously, on my other social media, they have millions of followers and stuff. So um, you got to yes. settle down. <laughs> so it's easier to communicate with me and everything there. And then also uh, my YouTube channel and my Pornhub model hub, all that. And also, I just um, I was nominated for um, Best Model Hub for the Pornhub Award. So if you guys can vote, please vote for me for Best Model Hub. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Vote and I for Brittany. It. I put so much time and energy and work and love into my model hub. And so I would love that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. So the next movie that we're going to be covering, Brittany, I don't know if you've seen it, but we're going to be covering Fletch Lives, the sequel to Fletch starring Chevy Chase. And we okay. we got a pretty awesome actress. I'm a huge fan of her, like growing up. Uh, <laughs> uh, Patricia Callenbar. She has a, this is like early on in her career. Uh, she's in Fletch Live. She's also in Jacob's Ladder, Signs, Company Men, Limitless. She was on 30-something, but her big show was Sisters on NBC, which is like the rarely ever do you ever see a Saturday night soap opera. That was one of the shows that just crushed it. It was on for five years. And she was recently on The Tick on Amazon Prime, which I loved. She was awesome. We talked about how she met her husband, who was in a... uh, he was in a Seinfeld episode. He was also in Chariots of Fire. Amazing movie. And uh, she'll, she was awesome. You'll love her. So don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast. Follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. And don't forget to check out our website, SequelsOnly.com. Good night. Good night. Bye, everybody.